broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Midtown Business Radio. Hey, what's up, everyone? It is CW. Thanks for joining us on the Midtown Business Radio Show. We appreciate your time. I've got the Cobb County Chamber of Commerce with me in studio as they join us every month. Just finished up the annual dinner. I know that went really well. So, Amy, thanks for stopping by the studio again. Thanks for having me again. And as usual, you've got a room full of cool folks from around the Cobb County Business District. So I do. I'm pleased to have them here. You want to introduce them to me? Let me know who we got here with us. Okay. First, we have Holly Tuckman with Live Safe Resources. Then we have Brandon Hutchins with Gaskin Surveying Engineering. And Will Peterson with Otter's Chicken. Well, Holly, introduce us to Live Safe Resources. What are we talking about? Live Safe Resources, which was formerly the YWCA of Northwest Georgia, provides services to victims of domestic violence, sexual assault, and elder abuse. So our vision is a community free of des- domestic violence, sexual assault, and elder abuse. When you're talking about how you provide your care to these folks, I mean, what exactly are you doing for them? Is it a place that they can stay as well as as come for some assistance? Sure. It's a variety of things. We have the only domestic violence shelter in Cobb County with a population of over 750,000 people. So we provide emergency shelter, and then we also have more long-term housing for up to two years. We provide counseling, though, and that's open to anybody in the community. We um, have staff that work in the courthouse to um, help with temporary protective orders. We also have staff that work with the Cobb County Domestic Violence and Stalking Unit. And we also have an elder abuse case manager as well. When it comes to getting the word out to the community, the folks that you would be serving with these resources, I mean, how do you... How do you let them know that you're here? Is it mm-hmm. just word of mouth or are there channels through which you're distributing information mm-hmm. about what you're doing? Well, it's word of mouth, but it's also law enforcement. We work very closely with all jurisdictions in Cobb County, and we also work with the court system, and they get information out for us, the sheriff's department, and having opportunities like this. Um, we also have a sexual assault program where we provide emergency services to sexual assault victims in Cobb, Cherokee, and Paulding over the age of 13. I got you. So what was the initiating event for changing from YWCA over to the the new name? Well, I think, you know, the YWCA served us well for 100 years. We've been in the community since 1917, but I firmly believe a couple of things happened. When we opened the first domestic violence shelter in the state of Georgia in 1978, I think that kind of set our path to where we are today. And then in 2009 and 10, we launched a $7.2 million capital campaign to renovate our main building and also to renovate the domestic violence shelter. And so I think this kind of brought everything full circle. We don't have a pool. We don't have a gym, but people tend to confuse us with the YMCA. Right. Oh, are you the one over on Shallowford or, um, you know, what What are your pool hours? I and see. so, and plus what we do doesn't discriminate. And so I think sometimes there was confusion. We only helped young women. Were we a Christian organization? And the fact of the matter is this affects men, women, children, age, sex, gender, sexual orientation. It it knows no boundaries. And so I think Live Safe Resources is a more all-encompassing okay. to welcome everybody that needs services. And so obviously then we're talking about a, a nationwide branding change. It wasn't just this particular location that no, was the YWCA. It, and no, it was just safe. us. Okay. We um, disaffiliated from the YWCA. I see. So, which was very, it was a very um, friendly separation. Okay. As I said, they're a great organization and they do great things. It's more how we have, um, you know, evolved over the years in our community. So I gotcha. now we're a standalone 501c3. The only thing that's changed is our name and the fact that we're no longer a part of the YWCA USA. Well, now I understand Leadership Cobb had a bit of a role in helping you go through the process of rebranding. Talk about that a little bit. They did. It was a class of 2015, I believe, that we were one of their choices to to work with in small groups. And so 
they helped us with the rebranding process of kind of making the decision or uh, solidifying that it was the right thing to do to um, change our name. And then they stuck with us through the process and served on the task force. Um, And I think, as I said, it just reaffirmed kind of what we already knew. It was interesting. They went out and surveyed like 250 people out in the community outside of folks that we knew. And even in public safety, there was like 70% of the people they talked to firemen, police officers that didn't really understand what we did. Right. So I think that all of that in conjunction with what we heard, especially through the capital campaign, of uh, the confusion with who we were and what we did in the community, that it just helped to solidify making that decision. Talking with CEO and executive director of Live Safe Resources, Holly Tuckman, and learning about how they are providing support and resources for folks who are victims of domestic abuse and violence. And when it comes to providing, you know, getting access to the funding so that you can provide these resources, Mm -hmm. talk about that a little bit. How does a business uh, partner with you to be one of those philanthropic supporters of what you're trying to do? There's a variety of ways. One, they could make a straight donation to the organization, whether that, and it could be program specific. If, you know, some people want to, you know, make sure the money goes to help those who are coming into emergency shelter or help with sexual assault victims, or they can be a sponsor at one of our events. Excuse me. Um, For example, we have a boots and blue jeans and chili cook off this Saturday, our biggest event is our Tribute to Women of Achievement, which we will be held on Friday, March the 24th. So there's sponsorship for that because those events help to raise unrestricted dollars for us that we can use to fill in the gaps from our other funders. Gotcha. Um, so those are a tremendous help to us. Is there still time to get registered if you wanted to compete in that event and be one of the entrants in it that they can still sign up? Absolutely. And then give me a call if they'd like at 770-423-3581 and I can get them signed up even this week. (laughs) (laughs) Share a little bit about the Tribute to Women Achievement. This will be our 32nd annual event and we honor 15 women in our community um, who have excelled both or in their professional life, as well as our giving back to the community. Um, And then we select a woman of the year at the end of the evening. But we have a great silent auction. Um, There for a while, it was open your purses and hearts to women. But now we've added a lot of men's items because we want men there also to be involved with us and engage in this community and recognizing these women. Um, We also give a Pat Head Dignity Award that evening as well. And so it's a great night, and we have about 700 people that attend. And Lockheed Martin is our presenting sponsor this year. Now, I know that when it comes to domestic violence and domestic abuse, that it can often be kind of silent. It Mm -hmm. it can be right under your nose and not even really realize it. But I, I get a sense that if you understand what you should keep your eye out for, that you might actually be able to pick up on some things that might clue you in that somebody that either you work with or uh, a friend of yours might be dealing with this. Can you talk about what would I need to kind of keep an eye out for to see if I might be able to help someone get some resources? I think if you you kind of watch folks that um, perhaps their work attendance is changing, um, domestic violence and sexual assault and stalking, um, it costs about eight point billion dollars a year to businesses and lost wages, lost productivity, um, and so I think if you see somebody who was exuberant and happy and now they seem to be withdrawn and you know just not performing at the same level perhaps they were before. Um, I think we've done very well with drugs don't work programs and uh, in the workplace looking for those signs. And sometimes these are very similar or maybe they're using drugs and alcohol to medicate and be able to cope with whatever's going on at home. And then having an environment where someone can come to HR if there's a problem, Um, because many times if they're having to go to court to get a temporary protective order, then sometimes the abuser doesn't show up and then they have to go back to court again. So they're out of work again. And so many companies have policies to address these kind of issues or that if they have a, a EPA program, is that right? Employ- EAP, I always say right. backwards. <laughs> Employee sorry. assistance yeah. program, yes. Right. That, you know, to make that available to remind employees that you have that. So they may not feel comfortable coming to somebody mm-hmm. at work. Um, we have a mom and a daughter that speak on our behalf. And Natalie um, came to work every day for seven years while she was being abused and her mother never knew. 
until she really felt that he was probably going to kill her. So she finally told her mom, and they went and changed locks and all those kind of things. And she's thriving and and has a sweet little boy now. So, um, But many times they even hide it from their families. They become very withdrawn from friends and family and isolated um, because the abuser has all the power and control, and that's what it's really about. I'm sure it's got to be a bit of a challenging topic to bring up with somebody that you think that something like that may be going on. Do you have mm-hmm. maybe some suggestions on how to broach the topic with somebody mm-hmm. that you're worried for for their safety or their health? I think you just, you know, you need to be a friend to them and and say, you know, is there something going on? And and I think believing them, too, because I think many times they're afraid to come forward and say anything, especially if um, I had a friend this weekend who um, her girlfriend was going to call her and let her know she was in an abusive relationship, but she's in a friends with the abuser as well. And so that's very hard. And so I think sometimes we don't want to believe that that person could be abusive um, and just support them. And I think many times family members and friends want to say, don't do this, don't do that. You need to get out of there. You, And that's not always the best way to handle it because many times the abuser is doing the same, you know, don't do this, you can't go here. So you need to be there to listen and to help and you can give them information about an organization like ours. There's also a state crisis line to call. So I think it's just being there and being a friend and then talking about safety planning, you know, because many times they don't want to leave. And actually, they're in more danger of being killed when they try to leave. However, you know, sometimes it's just they want the abuse to stop. And they love that person. They're in a relationship, especially if they have children. So there could be a lot of different things going on of why they won't leave. And so it's more, as I said, just being there and supporting them as best you can. So I would imagine that the facilities where the folks that are needing your help can stay must be fairly secure. I would imagine that in some of these instances that, uh, you know, the the other party that would be involved in actually dealing out the abuse, uh, sometimes from what I understand, can be rather persistent and 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 rather aggressive even. Mm-hmm. How do you handle that? Right. So the shelters are in non-disclosed locations and we're very, um, you know, strict about talking to people who come. You don't tell anybody where I you see. are because um, that not only endangers them, but it endangers everybody right. else that's yes. there trying to be safe. So, yes, we have security and alarms and, you know, it's manned 24 hours a day. So I think it's, you know, and then also talking to them about technology because many times um, and a abuser will put a tracking device on your car, um, be tracking your phone. So wow. we'll ask them, you know, has have the, has the abuser had access to your vehicle? Maybe you need to go get it checked and make sure. Um, same thing with your phone of being careful, you know, that your GPS isn't on because um, they could be tracking your phone and know where you are. So those are some of the things that go into safety planning when we're talking to folks that come in to see us or even if they're just calling because they're scared and, you know, and they know when it's safe for them to leave. So we're there 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. I see. And when it comes to, you're talking about, they go so far sometimes as to put some sort of tracking device. Is it possible then, I guess, to scan for that if you go to the right place? Yes, you can go there and take it to a mechanic or somebody who can look for those kind of, the police can look for it too. So we would put, you know, put them in touch so that they could go and make sure that everything's okay on their car. Oh, I'm sure for you personally, getting to mm-hmm. be in a role where you are helping folks that have their life so disrupted uh, and and obviously in potential danger of physical harm if they haven't experienced it already, it must be rewarding for you personally. It is. I think that um, it's, it's hard work for our staff that are interacting with clients every day, but we have a lot of success stories. Um, you know, we have people that go on to get their college education or utilize the education that they have and and advance in their career and buy a house, get into their own apartment. Um, So there's a lot of success that happens, too, with those that we serve. And even if we're just helping one person be safe by getting a temporary protective order, um, that could potentially save their lives. So um, we do, the staff does great, marvelous work and um, helping folks. 
Talk about where folks need to go, whether it's phone numbers, websites, things like that, that they can go and get connected with you either to refer themselves or maybe somebody they care about. So our 24-hour crisis line number is 770-427-3390. You can also reach out to the Georgia Coalition Against Domestic Violence to, if you're not in Cobb County or in some other, another part of the state or metropolitan Atlanta, to get more references of other shelters um, and their 24-hour crisis line. And then there's also the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence as well. And so those are a couple of resources. Well, it's really, it's great from my perspective to actually be able to provide a channel uh, through which you can also share some of this information. And I'm very happy to be putting this out to the folks that come and listen to the Midtown Business Radio Show. And I'll say it again at the end of the show, but we'll go ahead and say it right now. Please turn around and share this information clearly It'd be something that could help somebody that you really are are fond of that, you know, might make a big difference in their life. So please turn around and share the story of what they're doing at Live Safe Resources. And that brings me over to Brandon Hutchins. He's the CEO and president of Gaskin Surveying and Engineering Company. And, and looking at the information about the company, it sounds like you provide a pretty wide spectrum of focus for the work you do. So, yeah, so we've been around for 41 years. and Congratulations. We do, yeah, thanks. It's, uh, um, that's just, we have a neat history and tradition, um, but we offer all kinds of civil uh, site engineering and surveying, landscape architecture, uh, construction management services uh, for mostly in Northwest Georgia. We go a lot of places, but most of our work is in Northwest Georgia. Now, are you engineering by, by trade yourself? My stepdad, Johnny Gaskins, who founded the business, he used to give me a hard time because I'm not a civil engineer. I'm an industrial engineer. And he used to say, you're just an imaginary engineer. Um, so we, we had this lifelong joke, but I am an engineer. And I used to remind him of that all the time. Uh, we had a lot of fun together. And, uh, but we have a great staff of um, a bunch of civil engineers and surveyors, landscape architects. But uh, I'm, I work more on the business than in the business. And I, I, I say, yeah. I have to hire great people because I yeah. can hardly do anything that our great people do. You can understand what they're talking about. And then you hire real smart people to go do the work you all need to do. That's, that's exactly <laughs> it. <laughs> what got you into engineering as a focus? It was interesting. Uh, coming out of high school, I was interested in sports and uh, a lot of different uh, opportunities. I did real well in school and I kind of wanted to stay close to home and I kind of had to make the decision, do I want to be an engineer? Um, both my dad and stepdad were in surveying and civil engineering, so that kind of felt like <laughs> no the pressure. thing. Um, and I was strong in math, um, but Georgia Tech had a good baseball team too. And so I, I kind of, I was like, well, maybe, maybe I was ready to give up sports, but yet the Georgia Tech and baseball, and I ended up playing baseball at Georgia Tech for a little bit. And, oh, um, I was a really bad player on a really, really good team. Um, <laughs> we uh, we lost in the national championship my freshman Aww. year, and um, but I played with a lot of really, really great players. Oh, that's that's awesome. So when it comes to the work that you're doing with the engineering services that you provide, I mean, clearly a lot of it is going to be done where your customer is an enterprise or or maybe a, a municipality, I suppose. Um, do you also do residential kind of work with Joe Citizen? So we do, um, we, we have hundreds of clients. So our main clients that we work for are uh, developers and national builders, but we also do work for, you know, larger corporate entities and have done work for municipalities as well. We're doing some work for Cobb County right now, but probably 70 to 80% of our work is through residential developers and corporate entities, national home builders. But we do... But we still do, you know, several hundred dollar surveys for the, you know, our next door neighbor for people just in our community. So it's interesting. And they and they have to be treated different, too, because they're not they kind of have different objectives in mind. Everybody wants it yesterday. But (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that you do get a number of referrals from folks that you do some work for. But I mean, how do you, how do you, I, I ask the same question and I ask everybody, how do you get the word out about what you're doing? I mean, do you knocking on doors, making phone calls? How do you tell folks this is what we do and we can help you? Well, fortunately, um, because we have such a rich history and have close relationships for um, years and years and years, most of our work is through really work we've already done and just repeat clients. And every once in a while, we'll, through community interactions, we'll 
rub up across, across somebody else who has a need and we are here to serve a need. Marketing is probably not our number one uh, part of our business, uh, but we want to be better at it and we want to grow and be more diverse. And, and so that means doing things like this and uh, being a more active member of the chamber and leadership Cobb and some different things that we've done. Um, are obviously more and more important as we grow and expand the business. Being around 40 years, you've had some opportunity to, if you want to call it opportunity, I suppose, to see the market retract a time or two in that period of time, particularly relatively recently, back around 08 or so, I'm sure hit you all hard. Talk about that because it sounds like you all have grown in spite of things. Well, I'll try to hold it together as I talk about this, but... um, so I've been at Gaskins for about 18 years, and uh, I would just say the, the, the little recession that we, we went through was probably one of the hardest periods of my life personally. Um, not only um, were we dealing with things from the business, but um, Johnny, our founder, was diagnosed with ALS and went through a five-year battle with that before he died. And um, my wife's dad died in the process, and, and then here we were at about 100 employees and we went down to 18 employees wow. of our top 15 clients, 13 either went out of business or stopped doing work. And, uh, and it was just a real, it was a devastating time for That's us. And, check. you know, it was like not having hope. There were just a lot of, a lot of residual things when, when you have a family type culture and really you're looking across the table with people that you love and have lived life with. And, and, um, and you're saying, Hey, you know, I, we just, you know, you know, the situation we just, you know, we got to lay you off. And I tell you, those, those, it was just a very, very, very difficult time personally and professionally for me. So talk about how things have bounced back. Cause it sounds like you're on the grow. So, uh, we are, and, um, you know, it was, um, I'm just grateful. I feel incredibly blessed by just having people who have believed in what we're doing and, and join the team. And we had to redefine who we were. You know, of those uh, clients who stopped doing work and went out of business, it, it we we basically had to totally redefine ourselves. And um, the housing market completely changed. The national builders who really didn't have a big presence in Atlanta, all of a sudden they were the players. They had the money. And so the relationships that we had had for decades, they didn't really they didn't really come back to the table and start doing work. So basically, we just said, hey, everybody who works here you you are a marketer, you are a salesman. And we did a lot of education on um, how we make money and the process of doing the work. And we really um, included a lot of people um, on that. And I feel like there was a sense of ownership that, that our people took to, hey, this is what we're going to have to do to succeed in this new environment. Mostly, it's just a testament to, to working on the things that we had control over. We could not, we, we kind of said, we cannot control our ex- external conditions. The, the recession, the economy is out of our control. What can we control? And we, we made some very difficult decisions, um, ones that hurt, but we said, hey, we can control our time. We can control what we are intentional about, and we're about relationships, so we can intentionally go out and pursue new relationships and um, be as efficient as we can possibly be. And it was, it was really amazing to see people pull together and begin to believe in that and go for that. And the people that we've added to um, our organization have just been phenomenal. So now we're up to about 70 employees and, um, and our Canton office is growing again. So it's, it's just been, I, I feel extremely blessed for where we are today. I can see that as you talk about it in your face. When it comes to just the, the culture that your company has built for the folks that are a, a part of your team, I mean, talk a little bit about that because Going from 100 down to 18, back up to 70. I mean, clearly people want to be a part of what you're doing. So, so we have fun. We it's a it's a fun place to work. Uh, I, I feel like we, um, you know, hey, it's an engineering and surveying company. So I'm sure from the outside you're like, how exciting can that possibly <laughs> be, right? Um, we are uh, we are filled with with a house full of introverts, and uh, including me at the top. <laughs> but uh, we have a good time. You know, I think. I think people understand, you know, hey, we, we need to take care of our clients. We need to take care of each other. Um, they, they understand that there's, there's hard work to be done. But I think there's definitely a, um, a culture uh, of just wanting to enjoy their time there. I, I, I really believe in 
um, being holistically healthy. I just feel like you cannot separate your work life from your home life and, um, and vice versa. And so from our leadership and how we invest in people, I want to see people thrive and, and be the best version of themselves they can possibly be. And I feel like if we do that across the board, we're going to be in good shape. If people know, uh, know themselves well, then they can lead themselves well. And if you have a culture of people who are self-aware and responsive to the things that they are looking to um, get better in their life, you're going to have healthy employees and they're going to like being together. Talking with the president and CEO of Gaskins Surveying and Engineering, Brandon Hutchins, talking about the start of the company and some of the things that they've gone through and their success in spite of some very difficult times that affected their industry when the housing and, and building market retracted so significantly a few years ago. And and as Brandon has explained, they've been able to successfully rebound pretty significantly. And it sounds like you've made a pretty good impression on the the folks that you know through the Chamber of Commerce. You talked about being involved in that and going through Leadership Cobb and, and those types of things, uh, enough to be awarded as a small business of the year by the Cobb County Chamber. That's impressive. I mean, clearly there must be some things that distinguish your firm from other options out there. I'm sure there's some other engineering firms that a business could call on. Talk about how all that has affected your business being recognized in that way. And when it comes to saying, this is why you should choose us, what would you say? Well, first of all, I'd say there are a ton of amazing businesses in our community. Um, and I think they're amazing engineering and surveying companies in our industry. And, and I'm friends with many of them. So I, um, I just feel blessed to be a part of the process and, and I'm, I'm grateful that they chose us. I'm, um, I think the biggest thing for us was, and the benefit has been for our people. You know, they've, if you can kind of picture what it was like to be one of the 18 and to grow to be one of the 70 and to think about, you know, Hey, I'm taking, a, I'm taking a risk to be a part of this, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know how much hope there is, but to, but to really, you know, be a part of the growth and, and to be validated amongst your peers um, I think for our people, it was just it, it was just really um, an important thing for kind of like a job well done. And I'm so proud of them. I, I just I'm just so grateful to be a part of an organization with such great people and and really to be recognized by the chamber uh, was just the culminating you know event. And you know I know Otter's Chicken here is too in, <laughs> in the top five. And mm -hmm. you know just looking around, say wow, we we won. You know, are you kidding? Like they're awesome. Mm -hmm. I think they're awesome. All I right. think. Uh, I think they should want, you know, it's special. It's special. Well, congratulations on that recognition. And from what I understand, the the company gets involved in the community. You want to talk a little bit about some of the things that you're supporting? Sure. Um, probably one of the favorite things that we do, we do this client appreciation lunch every year. And uh, it's fun because we, we invite our clients and then we ask them to support um, a local organization. So um, we kind of invite the community and and they kind of help sponsor the event. And so last year we um, we were able to, you know, write a, a good check to Must Ministries. And that was um, that was a lot of fun um, just to see our clients and our employees and ministry kind of get all intertwined together. I'm involved with a bunch of stuff, though. Marietta Work Matters, me and some other guys from um, from our community really had this vision for helping people to integrate their faith and their work. And uh, we've been doing that for about five years, and that's been amazing. And what, one of personally, the, the area that I really enjoy the most is leadership, was able to serve as a president of Leadership Cobb Alumni Association. That was fun. But I have fun like with people from my church or people that are interested in business. They just need help. They just need, mm -hmm. they just need some advice and some encouragement. And so I meet with, um, I meet with young kind of business leaders all the time. And just for the purpose of encouraging them and using my engineering skills to uh, um, to help them with business and kind of get into the nuts and bolts of the numbers and, you know, strategy. And I, I really uh, I just enjoy um, walking alongside and helping other leaders to be the best version of themselves that they can be. And I'm also um, a senior associate with an organization called Giant Worldwide, which is a leadership company. Um, really helping leaders all over the world. So um, it's kind of my it's kind of my side 
fun thing, but I get to incorporate it in every part of my life, including Gaskins. And so I think very supportive of me, um, my training there and my activity there because they get the benefits of it, you know, uh, within Gaskins as well. You talked about the fact that you have an, now an additional office in Canton. Now that you see cranes and, and building <laughs> going on everywhere, I mean, what's the next few years looking like for you now? I don't really want necessarily to have a big company just to have a big company. I just want to have a great company and I want our people to be great. If that results in us being big, then so be it. I think part of being a, a great company is having security. You know, I'm not sure that... Uh, that you can ever avoid the circumstances that we went through kind of in the, the Great Recession, as, as I call it. But I think there's some things that we can do to stabilize and to shore up and be more diverse in our service offerings and in our geographic locations um, to not only provide more opportunities for our employees, but also to serve our existing clients in other locations, um, but also to... Um, you know, to be more stable and secure as the market changes, because it will change again and we'll have to redefine ourselves again. Uh, unfortunately, we're in somewhat of a cyclical environment in the civil engineering uh, field. And so, um, you know, in part of providing a great workplace means that we have to, um, we have to provide the revenue streams and the opportunities for us to be around for another 41 years. I had recently interviewed an engineering firm. One of their big focuses was in the telecom uh, space and uh, site evaluation for towers and things like that. And they were talking about some of the interesting technology that they're able to deploy to make their work that much more accurate. How Do you have similar technologies that have emerged that have changed the way that you all go about what you're doing? So again, it's surveying and engineering. So that's not, it's not the most exciting uh, field ever, but um, through at, part of one of the reasons we've grown a lot is we have really um, reinvested back into the company. So we have uh, robotic instruments. So the instruments that you see on the side of the road, um, where you know maybe ten years ago we needed three people to mm -hmm. run those. Um, they have robotic instruments that kind of track you and follow you around, and um, and that's a cool technology and more GPS and GIS and. Um, we're constantly reinvesting uh, in our equipment and software. Um, but recently, we're, we're, get, we're getting licensed in drone technology, and um, we're doing photography and videography with that. But also, you know, the, the ultimate goal is to be able to do survey-grade type um, surveying with drones. Now, obviously, um, you won't be able to do that in all applications, but, you know, we want to, you know, as you said, we want to be growing with the times and um, in an industry that I feel like is very difficult to change. Maybe we don't want to be the bleeding edge, but we, <laughs> but we would like, you know, we, we, you know, we want to embrace new things right. and new technology and not be left behind. And uh, that takes time, that takes money, that takes effort, and that takes a pe people's commitment to try new things, which is, which is kind of anti-engineering. <laughs> 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 uh, but we're trying, we're trying. Well, share where folks can go and get in touch with the firm so that they can secure your services if they have need. Um, should I get my cell phone number? No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. You? I'm, I'm just kidding. John um, Loud gives his out. <laughs> yeah, he would. I, I could yeah, see that. He makes it available to all his customers. <laughs> <laughs> um, our website is www.gscsurvey.com. Uh, our main telephone number is 770-424-7168. And um, we'd... Uh, Come one, come all. We'd love to uh, serve you if you have a need um, in our realm. Well, I really appreciate you joining me today. And, and we're not too far from lunch now. And I guess that makes our next conversation um, all that much more relevant. I've got Will Peterson. He's the president of Otter's Chicken. Welcome to the show today. Thank you very much. Well, I'm excited to be here. I have not yet had the pl pleasure of... Oh, you're of, missing out. Of Going to Otter's Chicken, I'm going to have to uh, make a trip now because I really enjoy some chicken myself. So introduce folks to the brand and, and how it got its start. Well, uh, again, my name is Will Peterson. I'm the uh, president of Otter's Chicken. We uh, kind of have an, an interesting history. We actually started as a uh, franchise. I grew up here in uh, Marietta and, and grew up in, in the local schools and as a, 
um, involved in the community, participated in a lot of athletics. And, and one thing that my family always struggled with was trying to find a place to go out to eat after a baseball game or a soccer game or a football game. My dad wanted a beer, but my mom didn't want to take us to a bar. And we kind of always struggled with finding that right place. And I always just felt that there was a, a, a need for that place in the community. And so when I graduated from school, I, I kind of started researching different franchise opportunities. I'd worked in restaurants, but never from an right. ownership standpoint. And so I came across a concept called Otter's Chicken, which I know it's a unique name, but kind of helps, helps people remember it. And it was located at the time in Nashville, Tennessee. So went up to Nashville and met with uh, two brothers, uh, Talbot and Steve Ottinger, which is where the name comes from, and just fell in love with the concept and knew um, what they were doing was going to take off. And um, at the time, they had six locations in uh, the Nashville and Louisiana area. And so we decided, I decided to open one in, in Marietta. And we opened in 2010 and uh, had great success. And fortunately, we were able to purchase the rights to the franchise from the original founders. And so we shut down the other otters and are in the process now of, of reopening them in the metro Atlanta area. What what made you want to close those down? Is it just so you could kind of have greater control over what the what the brand was representing and how it was served? Definitely. And, and, and we considered keeping them open and some of them were profitable. It's a tough decision for us, but just the ability to grow them the way we wanted them to grow. And, and we love this area and trying to manage the store that we had at the time and stores in other states just right. felt like that was a little bit too big of a jump and wanted to kind of pull back and, and start things here. What was it that really grabbed you when you went to Nashville and you visited them and you, you said, oh, this is it? Well, for starters, I love chicken. I, I was the very picky eater growing up. My mom, uh, I, I liked pizza and chicken, and that was about all I would eat. <laughs> and chicken's unique. It's one of those foods that you can have a chicken biscuit for breakfast, you can have a chicken salad for lunch, and you can have fried chicken for dinner, and you don't feel like you've eaten the same thing uh, all day. And so we kind of think it's, you know, a good uh, basis to grow our business on. We think chicken's going to be popular for a long time. But I went there, went to Nashville, and and just the quality of the food was so good. It was, you know, it's chicken tenders. I, I'm, I always try to make it sound bigger than it is. But to to me, when I first tasted it, I said, there's something special here. And it's really good chicken. And so that obviously has continue to the recipes and that sort of thing. You kept them going the Absolutely. way they were. We didn't want to mess with, you know, if you got something that works, uh, stick with it. We weren't trying to reinvent the wheel. And that's part of one of the struggles with them being in Nashville, based out of Nashville. We didn't want to do anything different than they were doing. So we actually were able to work with uh, Tip Top Foods, which is based out of Marietta. And they bring in the exact same uh, fresh chicken tender that they were using in Nashville and supply that for us. So we're getting all of our our uh, chicken and produce locally here from Marietta suppliers. And that helps. That just keeps everything fresh. And really, you can taste the difference between a fresh and a frozen tender. I know that it's got a, a sports theme too. It sounds like it's aimed both at the adult and, and you can bring your family as well. Talk a little bit about what folks can expect when they come in. Absolutely. we, And that's one of our big themes of the restaurant. We like to, uh, I, I just grew up involved in athletics and especially here in Cobb County, there's so many uh, talented athletes and, and sports are so big here that we wanted to have a place where they could feel like, hey, this is the place to go after the game. We've got all kind of, you know, uh, sports themed decorations up, but we also try to do some things kind of to more target the local sports. We work with, uh, we've got a thing called the Player of the Week board. And for each store that we have, we've got different high schools that are in the area and each week we feature a player of the week from that local high school and they get to come in, see their name on the board and uh, get a free meal. Oh, that's awesome. Now, one of the things that I, I noticed about the company is the restaurant uses ingredients that are sourced locally. Talk a little bit about that. That's kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, you know, there's a, a lot of good places to eat in Cobb County. Um, and, and to be successful, I, I've always, in restaurant, I've always, you know, you've got to have great food and you've got to have great service and the great food part, you know, we've got a lot of processes and, and um, proprietary stuff that makes it great. But the biggest thing is the ingredients and you've got to have, uh, you know, when you're serving chicken, it's just absolutely got to be fresh. And we get that from tip top foods, which it's great 
that we've got them as a local source. Uh, we use a, a company called Burgers Market. Jay Burger is the owner. He's our produce supplier, and he gets all of the produce locally and delivers it to us two or three times a week. So having access to those ingredients really just that that makes the difference in the food. I'm I'm, I'm going to have to go and check it out. I like a good chicken tender myself, actually. And I guess there's all kinds of ways you can have them. There prepared, is you, different sauces. You can. Well, we specialize in tenders. You can do them fried, grilled, or tossed in one of our eight wing sauces. We also do uh, chicken wings, chicken wraps, chicken salad. So if, if it involves chicken, we've got something to make out of it. I tried Nashville hot chicken not too awful long ago. I was in Nashville, been going, uh, had some business reasons to be going to Nashville re- regularly over the last year, and I tried it for the first time. Can you get? hot chicken sauce here yet? Well, you can get our, our, we don't call it Nashville hot chicken. We feel like we've been doing that for actually longer than (laughs) Nashville has. Again, you can get any of our, our tenders fried, grilled, or tossed in a wing sauce. So we, we can make them like Nashville hot tenders. We can make them in any of our, our wing sauces. So there's really a a way to uh, change the flavor a lot on, on what you look, what you want to eat. I'm sure in casual dining that it's challenging to make yourself you know, distinguish from the other options out there that maybe they're giant national brands and and uh, everybody knows about them. Talk about the way that you go about things that makes that kind of pale compared to what they're going to get when they get to Otters. Well, absolutely. That was a big struggle for us. You know, we didn't have the the marketing dollars at the beginning, especially with just one location. And and what we kind of decided to do was to not not spend much money on marketing. We have found that working with the local schools and um, partnering with the schools and, and raising money for them or doing donations or giving food. We feed all the uh, local high school football teams twice a year before their games. We found that was a better use of our dollars uh, compared to just traditional paper media marketing. And and then also it allows us to save money where we can, uh, we have a higher food cost. They tell you, you know, the typical restaurant wants to keep their food cost at 30%. Ours are up closer to 40%. And, and that's an intentional thing. We We want to spend more of our money on high quality ingredients. We think it shows up in the, uh, in the taste and is what kind of makes people want to come back and, and keep eating otters. Now, when it comes to the community, you talked about the fact that you do some fundraising and another company that is active in the community. Talk about the organizations that you're supporting. It sounds like you do some work with schools and things like that. What, what are y'all doing for the community? Schools are our main um, group that we work with and we'll partner with any any group, whether it's the PTSA, the teams themselves, the band, uh, the math club, any group at the school that wants to to work with us, we'll do different things. We've done spirit nights um, where the, they bring a big crowd in. We give a percentage of our, of our sales back. We'll feed them. Um, you know, if they've got a big event or a game coming up and they need a meal, we'll feed them. We found that you know, while there is a certain cost associated with feeding a football team, those guys like to eat. Um, <laughs> we, we immediately notice uh, that's one great thing about doing business in Cobb County. The, when you support people, they want to do business with you. And so a- anything that we give out, we, we get back twofold. Now, it sounds like you were talking about the fact that you you kind of pulled things in and, and you bought the, the rights to the name and um, closed some stores that were out of state. But are you looking to start expanding locations? And if you do, are they going to be corporate stores or are you looking for partners that might want to join as a franchisee for you? We're absolutely looking to grow. We actually opened our second location in uh, April of last year, 2016, at, at Cobb Parkway. And it's... Um, Doing great. It has a great start. We're really excited about the Braves coming in. We think that's going to help us a little bit. That's my location that I go to. <laughs> yeah. And um, I will say the Chamber staff has definitely supported yeah, absolutely. that location quite they, a bit. They definitely have. It's we, delicious. We see you guys in there, and we appreciate the business. And uh, we also started a food truck in the end of 2015. Oh, how's that going? It's going really good. It's a different type of business. You, know, you put wheels on something, it gets a lot more complicated. Yes. But um, we're learning the business and it's it's going really good. It really helps us. Uh, you know, it's one thing to, to feed the team before a game, but it's a whole different thing to pull your, your restaurant kind of right up to the side of the field and yes. be out there. And so that's been really neat. Um, it's been fun kind of getting that going. And then we are expected to open our third uh, physical location in May of this year, May 1st is what we're looking at in the new Kennesaw Marketplace, which is the new Whole Foods and Academy Sports Center at the corner of uh, 
Barrett Parkway and Cobb Parkway. I'm sure Derek Easterling is pleased to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) Mayor of Kennesaw. (laughs) You know, when it comes to the food truck, I I know for a long time, Atlanta wasn't really all that friendly to that type of business. Is it changing now? I mean, obviously they, you see food trucks rolling around and they'll have a bunch of them in a parking lot here and there. How is that rolling nowadays? Are they finally kind of understanding it's a viable business that deserves some support? It is. And I think at the beginning, you know, there was a lot of concern and I, I, as a a physical restaurant owner, certainly understand this. You're paying a lot of rent at a restaurant. You don't want to a mobile food truck pulling up in front of your restaurant and taking your business. And I think that was the main uh, concern at the beginning. I think they've done a lot of things to kind of zone where food trucks can and can't go and have special food truck event nights and parks where it's kind of separate from that, um, the areas that where you have physical locations that I see. you don't want to take the business from. Gotcha. Well, tell folks where they can go, website, Well, you can go to, to www otterschicken.com. That's O-T-T-E-R-S chicken.com. If you have any questions, you can call me personally at 706-207-2891. And my email is wpeterson, W-P-E-T-E-R-S-O-N at otterschicken.com. I'm going to give it a try. Please do. We look forward (laughs) to seeing it. I'm a fan of some some chicken myself. (laughs) It's really amazing. It's hard to describe, but you're right. The ingredients make a difference. And when you take the bite into the tender, it tastes fresh. So I just, I can't plug you enough. Sorry. Well, thank you. Yeah. We appreciate it. I agree it. too. I've been there. It's been great. <laughs> I have been working so long on trying to perfect my fried chicken. I can get it right sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's just, it's not, it's not easy. So when it's well done, we're, I know in our family, we're like, woohoo. Well, part of what we do that kind of makes us different. And I should have mentioned this earlier. We use a pressure fryer. It's actually called broasting. And so we have Henny Penny, which is the, the name brand to use if you're trying to pressure fry. But it's a pretty neat system. If you ever like to see it and you're by the store, ask for me and I'll take you back there and show you how we do it. But we hand bread and batter the chicken ourselves. And then the pressure fryer actually has a, a lid. It almost looks like a submarine. We drop the tenders in and we kind of seal down the hatch. Mm-hmm. And uh, it allows the chicken to cook while sealing the juices and the natural flavor in the chicken. So it's a unique process that we use to cook and that that definitely helps us make a special product. I've got a I've got a pressure cooker at home. I've actually been tempted to try it, but I've never never used it for that purpose. Yet. You should give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I probably won't be opening my restaurant soon to uh, <laughs> to throw you any real competition. So I'll I'll save that for uh for you guys and stop in and, and hang out at Otters. Talk about some stuff that's coming up. What are the next events coming on, Amy? We have so many. Um, but the big ones I want to talk about speaking, um, with our present company, we have our small business of the year applications, um, being accepted right now. And, um, if we didn't mention earlier, we have our small business of the year here and also, um, a finalist here with us during the show. But, um, so we're calling for, um, applications until March 8th, and then we will celebrate the um, small business of the year we do, we name the top 25 and then we'll have finalists and then the overall winner. And that'll be at the June first Monday breakfast. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I've got to start this year. I'm going to be uh, coming out to some of those events, both to mm-hmm. do some man on the street interviews with some of the businesses that are that are coming out, introduce them to us and give them some opportunity to get some exposure just for having shown up to one of your events. But I, I certainly intend to uh, make my face uh, shown around some of these cool events you're doing. That's a great one to add to your calendar because obviously we have a ton of small business owners and employees there and also bigger companies that just su- support the whole Cobb um, business environment. So it's it's a fun breakfast. Then um, we've mentioned this a couple times, this conversation, Leadership Cobb. We're accepting nominations into that program until February 10th. And um, I'm a graduate of LC15, the class you wish you were in, and I highly recommend. 2005. <laughs> 1995. <laughs> I was only 12. But you I, like that? I was the youngest. 15, 05, 95. Right. We cover right. some decades. Will, I'm going to nominate you. <laughs> I, I was actually 2012. Okay, I was waiting I was... for you to say. Okay. Um, but it's such a great program. Um, you learn a lot about the nuts and bolts of Cobb County, um, not only the business community, but our public safety, our social services, how 
our leaders work within the metro Atlanta region. And then there's the class aspect of the program where you're meeting folks from a diverse array of industries and you're just making these professional connections that are more just professional, they also turn into personal. And there are strong bonds as alumni and then as individual classes, as you can hear around the table. Mm-hmm. Everybody that has been on the show through the, the series we've been doing with the Cobb County Chamber of Commerce, they all talk very positively about their experience and how much it helped them both connect with other leaders around the Cobb County area, but then just helping them become that much better as a business leader themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It just, it's, it's the experience, and it's mm-hmm. a broad way to say that term, but Leadership Cobb is an experience. Mm-hmm. So Sounds like it it's is. somewhat mm-hmm. on par in, in different ways, perhaps, but similar to almost going through a master's program on a, on a different level, perhaps. Yeah, and maybe a very accelerated level, because mm-hmm. it's, I believe, 10 months throughout the year. Yeah. And um, you learn a lot about yourself and as a leader, and then you get a complete education on t- on Cobb County and Metro Atlanta. And talk for just a moment about the the commitment once you once you start that because there there's some commitment involved in, in starting that and, and entering into that. But clearly, once you get through, it's mm-hmm. it's uh, really worth it. Well, I've, one of the reasons why the program is so successful for everyone who goes through it is they have to commit to the program, and there there's no not being there. Really, <laughs> you don't want to miss it for one. But um, yeah, it it's from the get go from the nomination process on, it is communicated that um, during this year, you're expected to be at each program and to be fully present at each program too. Mm-hmm. But um, Michelle Bickerstaff is our staff member who runs the program along with a slew of volunteers and who are in this room as well. Um, they She communicates the calendar um, many months ahead of time. So if you are looking at the 2018 class, she can tell you the class dates, and you can fully prepare. We try to help you as best you can to be able to make that commitment. I can't believe how fast our time goes when we get into these shows and Mm -hmm. have these rooms full of uh, cool folks talking about what they're doing. Any final things that we need to get out there? I do have one more. We have our um, business expo, which is going to be May 4th, but we're selling booths now. And it's an excellent um, three hours to spend with fellow business owners in Cobb County. We have it at the Cobb Galleria Center in the Exhibition Hall. And um, it's from 3 to 6, May 4th. And the booth space is uh, competitively priced. And we have usually about a 1,000 folks wow. walk through because it's free to attend. And it's a great way to, if you want to launch a product, you want to introduce your business to um, Cobb Chamber members and the public at large, we get a ton of foot traffic because it's at the Galleria. So, and in May, it's Cobb's going to be the place to be. Yeah. So there's a lot going on. Around that time of year. Yep. And there's that pedestrian (laughs) bridge that you can just walk on over to SunTrust Park and the Battery Atlanta too. Remind folks about the website. Okay. So for a full list of events, go to www.cobchamber.org. If you want to go straight to our calendar, add a slash and then events. All right. And if you've not done so already, in the upper left-hand corner of the show page, you'll see the Apple logo there. That'll take you over to the iTunes store where the podcast for the Midtown Business Radio Show lives. You can subscribe to us. And that way, each week when the new episode comes out, it's downloaded straight to your device for you to check out when it's convenient for you. And as I said earlier in the show, we do hope you turn around and share this information. Put it out on LinkedIn. Click click share and put it out on Facebook. You might just be sharing something with somebody that really makes a difference either for their business or in the case of our, our conversation with Holly today, maybe in their personal lives, even depending on the services that we're talking about. So please help us with that. We really want to say thanks to all the folks that go to the trouble to do that. It's uh, it's a big deal. We're trying to help get the word out about all these cool businesses and services available around Cobb County. So uh, please click share and tell folks, hey, Check it out. We, we, we've talked to some cool folks on the Midtown Business Radio Show. Everyone here, I really appreciate meeting you. It's it's all. I, I tell you what, these are some of my my favorite shows that we're doing. Always meeting some really cool business leaders from the Cobb County area. And and, and the the thing that's really struck me, and I've said this to you before, Amy, is how 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 really passionate everyone that I've met through the Cobb County Chamber is about the Cobb Chamber and how pleased they are to be involved. So I'm very happy to be. Uh, a relatively new partner with uh, the Cobb Chamber here 
uh, over the last year. So it's been great. And I'm looking forward to diving in even deeper this year, like I say. So everybody out there who made us a part of your day today, want to say thanks so much. We look forward to catching up with you. Same time, same place next week. We'll see you then.